0: This is Shop Talk Radio, episode 15 with Joey L. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. Stoked to bring you today's guest, Joey L. Uh, he's what I like to call a prodigy in the photography world. Um, he is in his young 20s now, but he shot the Twilight movie posters when he was 17 years old. And to me, that's amazing. I've never heard of anybody shooting something so big at such a young age. But he started his career a couple of years before that, building his portfolio. And even that's amazing. He's one of those kids that just makes me feel like I didn't start my career early enough. Um, But more than that, he's amazingly talented. And today we get to dive deeper and talk to Joey about how important the development of your personal work is in in creating your visual brand and attracting commercial clients. Joey's personal work is amazing and inspiring to me because he treks out beyond the reaches of the world to photograph beautiful portraits of tribal people amongst many other things. Uh, his A lot of his trips, he treks three to four days each way just to get out to the tribes that he photographs. And then he spends three to four weeks at a time with them to build rapport with them and get to know them. And we'll get we'll get to hear more about this process. Uh, but not, not only has he photographed these people, but he's created a documentary about a uh, Making the prints, hanging a show in New York City, and then taking the show back to the people of the tribe and presenting it to them. And uh, Joey's just a huge inspiration with that. But you can you can find more of that on his website joeyl He's got a lot of uh, videos, and you can actually uh, see that documentary somewhere on there. So let's get into it. Let's hear about Joey's adventures and hear how his fine art has not only fueled his passion but the commercially sustainable side of his business as well. Yeah. Today, welcome. We have Joey L. in the studio today. Welcome, Joey. What's
1: up, Uncle Nick?
0: Thanks for coming in.
1: Uh, my, my pleasure. It was, uh, it was a pleasant stroll down the road uh, to your humble studio here didn't take me long. It was a beautiful walk. The leaves were falling, the crisp autumn scent in the air. I'm in a good spirits.
0: (laughs) Thanks for that beautiful description. I love it. I love it. No problem. Uh, So, you know, give us a little background on who you are, what you do, what kind of projects you've worked on. I mean, give us a little background.
1: A little bit about me. Okay. Well, uh, I'm a photographer and director, and uh, I work mostly in Commercial advertising in the entertainment world, doing movie posters and TV advertisements and things like that. But the other side of me is uh, very personal, and I do a lot of fine art work uh, around the world. And I do a lot of, um, I guess, uh, environmental portraits of uh, different cultures and uh, different religions. And uh, I guess those two things describe me and what I do.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I think one thing that a, a lot of people might know you for is the Twilight posters that you did when, how, how old were you? <laughs> I know you love talking about this, but just to give people a little yeah. bit of context. Uh,
1: uh, well, context. I, was, uh, I was 18 when I worked on that, uh, that lovely film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how did that come about?
1: Uh, just same thing that happens with every job. I guess they gravitate toward a certain image in your portfolio or a certain look that you are known for. And they say, we want that look on our poster. Uh, and then you do it and they completely change it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've never experienced that in my life. (laughs) Right. Um, that's awesome. So, I mean, you were doing cool stuff as a young kid, like what how did you get your start
1: i um I grew up a lot in uh i guess my friends were in hardcore bands, and I could never play anything or sing i guess it's more like screaming, i guess devil music and um I was uh really interested in photography since I was a kid, so I just started taking photos of my friends' bands and kind of going on tour with them, doing different things for their press kits and uh, funny, like, cheesy magazine articles about their tours. Yeah. Um, because before that, when I was really young, I loved Jurassic Park. It's still my favorite movie, actually, to this day. And I collected the toys. I collected action figures. A lot of velociraptors and t-rex you know i have so many of those toys and that's how i got started photographing was i would set these up as a young pup and then photograph (laughs) them in different dino ramas if you will and uh that sort of uh sparked my love in photography had a little website called dot com, where uh other kids would submit their pictures of toy dinosaurs (laughs) and then uh yeah that kind of taught me photoshop and everything and then um I guess when I got a little older, um, started getting a little bit more serious with it. Especially when I was in high school, I started working, and then um, I guess uh, it's sort of just been kind of progressing since then.
0: Awesome. Well, I think one of the biggest things that you are all about is doing your personal work, and um, I really love the focus on that today, and focus on cool. you know the business and as well, but like kind of the mindsets that you've gone through. Mm and uh to get to where you've gotten i mean you've become so successful at such a young age and that that to me is um impressive and mad respect for you
1: yeah so personal work is important because it's the shit that you're doing when you're not being paid so it speaks volumes about who you are and the reason why it's important even for a working photographer is because When someone hires you, they say, oh, I wanna apply this skill to my project. And if you don't have a voice, and if you don't have an opinion, you really don't have anything to say. I, I really believe that. So when I look at photographers who don't have personal projects, what it says to me is, or maybe any artist that doesn't do personal projects or like try new things, not just photographers, is it says to me that that you really have nothing to say, and if you're not being paid, you don't care about photography. So, um, I'm a big advocate of um, sort of uh, having a vision and and uh, seeing it through. And if that leads uh, to work, um, then so be it.
0: Awesome. So, I mean, your your travel work or your travel work is your personal work. Where where did that originate from? Where like where did you find your passion for that that type of work?
1: Well, I'm, uh, I'm from a very small town in Ontario, Canada, originally. And um, I had never traveled beyond that small town before I was 16. Like the farthest I'd gone was maybe like an hour and a half to like Toronto or like Niagara Falls. So I'd always uh, had a great fascination with the outside world. And then when, it, when I started making my own money, I was able to actually do something with it. And so what I did was I just started traveling. And although that early stuff that I shot is, looks like dog shit now, uh, it sort of built built the basis for the stuff that I do now. So I'm like, I'm not someone who says, who preaches like, uh, you need to travel to grow as a person. You need to harness these experiences uh, around the world, the different cultures. I don't really, I, I don't think you need to do that, but here's what traveling did for me is it sort of, uh, it it opened my eyes up to the world um, and it gave, photography gave me an excuse uh, to go look into things that I was interested in. So look into things more in depth. And the excuse was, I was always just taking a photo of it. So what other craft can you just meet someone, go into their house and learn about them and have some documentation of it? It's an amazing kind of a a people skill to like break the ice photography. So it's more of a, a vehicle to drive a uh, curiosity in others.
0: So you would say that you have a curiosity of people, and and that's kind of what where a lot of that passion comes from.
1: Yeah, it's because like when you're cooped up for so long when you're a kid, you you this kind of like thing grows inside your head where you feel like you're missing something. You're you're like uh, I guess the the teenage angst thing to do is the sort of like oh I hate this town, I want to move out, right? And. I, you know, obviously, as I've grown, I've uh, learned to respect where I come from. But um, I was always just wondering, like I was missing something. Like, for example, like when I go to bed at night, I'm like, hmm, people are starting to wake up somewhere else. And like, what's going on there? Or like, if I photograph somebody, I always wonder, like, I wonder what that person's doing right now when I'm like, you know, color grading the image. I'm like, does this person know that, like, I'm shifting the hues a little more warm? Like, what is, what is that person doing right now? So... I'm like really, I'm a really curious person, and uh, I guess that's what led me to do all that, all that stuff around the world.
0: That's awesome. So, what was your first big personal trip that you took, or your first person? Where'd you go for your first personal project, photography project? Uh,
1: first thing, I guess. I mean, I, I've outside of what we're used to in Canada and the United States, I went to India first when I was about, I, th- I think I was either fifteen or sixteen. I, I think sixteen. And I didn't know what I was doing, just kind of traveling around like a moron, uh, looking at this and that, (laughs) being (laughs) being total tourist man. And uh, yeah, that kind of built my fascination for the country that I've been back to many times since then. But um, yeah, I think it was an important trip just because when you go to something like that, especially being from a small town, you realize that there's people who just perceive the world differently from you, even though you can see each other and like walk by each other in the street um, you're kind of on completely different wavelengths and not just people in India, but I mean, someone you walk by in in New York city, uh, experiences the world completely different from you. And I I just find that really weird and, uh, fascinating. So I, 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 really like figuring out what makes people tick. And I think I'm really good at, at reading people, um, and sort of, uh, sort of, uh, seeing, their mannerisms and the way they talk. I, like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, 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 fascinated by, by people watching.
0: Yeah. So how do you play that into your photography work?
1: Well, I, um, the way I do things is a little bit different from a photojournalist. I don't, you know, walk around and try to take like, you know, different documentation of things. Yeah. Instead, all my photos are extremely contrived and extremely set up. Um, the spots are chosen before, things are arranged with the subject, um, but in that sense, they might be more true because you could say a photojournalist who goes around and photographs things to not look contrived is in fact being contrived by doing that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can just make more engaging portraits if you kind of know somebody or at least if they trust you a little bit So a lot of my trips have been repeat visits where I go to like the same village or the same people and uh, They all know me and they know what I do and it's sort of like my first trip to somewhere new I don't really expect to get much. I Mm. I kind of Do it like I, I never hide the fact that I'm a photographer and I'm there to ultimately make portraits I always keep that really open And I never feel like I'm, uh, you know, one of the tribe, so to speak. I'm, I'm always a a foreigner. Um, but I, I do like uh, getting people comfortable with what I have to, to do first and then it makes them want to contribute to the picture itself and, uh, sort of like show me things that other people wouldn't be able to see if they hadn't done that. So, um, like I said, I, I've been to some places, you know, three or four times and uh, each time I go, it just gets it gets better and the people trust me more. And uh, they sort of feel at ease uh, with my style of shooting, which can be very confrontational if I just showed up with all the shit and was like, OK, get in line. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to work. So yeah. for what I do, this is the method that has to work for others, for other styles. They, it's 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 different, you know.
0: Yeah. How long do you typically spend in, in a given like village uh i mean i was just working on a film in ethiopia i was there
1: for like three months but i would say my average trip maybe is a month or so uh that's kind of how much i can kind of get away with uh being gone <laughs> before people start to notice <laughs> um but uh yeah maybe like a month it, it again it's like this it's it, it's like you could be somewhere for a month and that's like a really long time or you could be with someone for a village or whatever four days and just be there like around all the time and maybe you're there for a month and visit for an hour a day and it's like the same amount of time. Do you know what I mean? So I just feel there's no set time limit because different cultures um are more wary of foreigners like every everybody is a case-by-case basis yeah like I, I I feel even in the United States it's a very reserved place and it's harder here to photograph sometimes than it is abroad even though I speak the same language yeah. and everyone's so around photography all the time this place here can be you know some of the one, one, of, the, one, one of the most challenging places to photograph.
0: Totally.
1: yeah like for example uh, I do a series called Halloween in Brooklyn and it's uh, like fine art portraits of uh, people in their Halloween costumes yeah. and um, it's really easy to go out on the street in uh, in uh, Bushwick Brooklyn and you know photograph the little kids and sometimes the parents think that they have to pay me for it. I'm like no no it's just a portrait but I'm gonna put it on my website I need a release and I'll email you the photo that's the deal but then I just did the same thing at a Halloween party where uh it was kind of a uh a different neighborhood <laughs> and like it was really weird because I, like i went up to this girl dressed up as a police officer and i was like i like in, in my head i'm thinking i guess you'll be interesting you're not as cool as some of the kids i photographed today but because i have my setup going let's just keep m- myself busy and maybe we'll get something up up, up. <laughs> like with this and she did the like uh Um, no, like, like she, (laughs) like I was doing her a favor (laughs) and I, I just, I was like, okay, no problem. But in my head, I'm like you have no idea what you just turned down, (laughs) but you know,
0: the master at work.
1: Uh, Well, I, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be humble here, but I I was just saying like, this would probably be one of the nicest portraits of you taken in this costume. And you just thought it was some party photographer.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Even I'm not putting you on my website now, girl. And by the (laughs) way, your costume sucks. You hurt my feelings. (laughs) It's over. Yeah. But I was, you know, I was nice. okay, no, no, no problem. And then I saw her watching me photograph some of the other, like, nice costumes. And you could tell she, oh, what an, oh. But her ego was so strong that she didn't, she didn't want to be photographed. She lost her chance. Uh, I would have still done it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of a wimp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, how would you say uh, traveling has, has shaped you as a person? And what you've seen, I mean, you've seen a lot of different cultures and a lot of cultures that mm. most people haven't even seen in their life.
1: That's a really deep question, Nick Onkin. How has traveling shaped me as a person? Um, hmm. There's, you know, there's a very cliche answer, which is like, the world is beautiful and it's uh, so amazing and majestic <laughs> to explore and be awakened by these different cultures. But that's not true at all. I've, I've seen the ultimate worst of humanity and the ultimate best of humanity. Uh, The way I live my life and the way that I do things is, um, especially with traveling, is you experience very high highs where things are amazing and great and very low lows where things are incredibly challenging and incredibly difficult. And I really believe that that is... That is the uh, the basis of addiction. That's what happens when people gamble. That's what happens when people do drugs. Mm-hmm. They have very high highs and very low lows. So photography is like a drug. But it's not really dangerous to you as a person. It's it, Being in those kind of situations uh, helps you really figure out who you are. Because when people are in a difficult position and shit's gone south, you can really see how they are as a person. So <laughs> I've sort of gotten really good if there's something that that grew inside me i'm really good at uh handling problems and handling stress so when i do an advertising job and something's not going right on set i've seen things way worse (laughs) in in the world. Like you have no, it's like, so what's the worst? So like photographers love to ask each other, what's the worst thing that's ever happened on one of your sets? And I just like, I don't even want (laughs) to (laughs) say.
0: Well, how how about a story of something in the world that, that, uh, an example?
1: Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I don't really want to talk about. Just, just stuff that I've seen of like human suffering or like, you know, violent conflict and, I don't really like talking about that kind of stuff uh, directly because it's just, it feels as if I'm getting like a, a cool story out of it. Yeah. Um, But well, we just did this film in, uh, in Southern Ethiopia and it was, it was one of the most challenging things that I ever worked on. And this is why is because it's a narrative film, meaning that it's like scripted, but it's based around real events. So There's these really elaborate festivals that happen in southern Ethiopia. Um, And uh, there's rites of passage that you just can't set up because all the villages are there. There's like hundreds of people doing this like timeless ceremony and you can't construct that. So our film is scripted and it's about a boy going through this rite of passage, Mm. but he actually did it in real life. So it was a mess to balance like what is real and what is not real um and sort of like to get people that aren't used to production schedules on our production schedule it's like yeah this festival is really nice and i really love the culture but can you please do it at sunset because <laughs> it's the best light for us <laughs> and they're like uh it'll happen when it happens and you're like okay yeah fair enough <laughs>
0: like you know uh could you just do that again
1: because uh we need to- yeah could you yeah could you do that again and uh, no it's not gonna happen at any point in his life ever again <laughs> so if you miss it you're screwed. But yeah, so then it was a really stressful project. Um, but also just, as I said, high highs and low lows, um, it's a very, uh, rewarding project because all these kind of like, uh, you you know, difficult things when you, when you get over them, you feel like a million bucks. Like when, whether I'm on set or whether I'm traveling, like I, I really struggle sleeping at night because I get so fired up about what I'm working on. Um, I, um, I'm in a good position to turn down projects that I'm not passionate about. Yeah. And I always have this rule of thumb where it's like, uh, if something, if something keeps me up at night, I know I'm doing the right thing. If it makes me incredibly nervous, I'm doing the right thing. Like it's pushing me somewhere and the stuff that I'm like, eh, nah, nah, whatever, it, it might not be worth doing, you know?
0: Yeah. And yeah, the challenge and of stretching yourself and pushing you out of your comfort zone is, is where you're growing the most.
1: Yes, Exactly. I agree.
0: Um, so, I mean, that said, like, what well, you know, if you're in your career, you know, with the personal work and with the commercial work, it's it's always about making art versus commerce, making money to sustain uh-huh. a living to do your personal projects. Yep. Uh, what would you say is like well, some, some one of the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome?
1: Art versus commerce is a very interesting topic. And I think it's actually something that uh, a lot of people, especially photographers, don't really understand. Uh, yeah. And I know we were just talking about personal projects, but a lot of people don't understand the value of of, of personal work and doing things your own way, especially in today's times. Things are uh, rapidly changing in the in the photography industry as well as, I guess, every other industry where it's um, the whole art and commerce question. It's sort of like the most successful people um, are kind of like uh, more niche, or they do things their own way, um, and they get hired to be who they are, or they get hired to create the work that they would work on their own. So even if I do disappear on a trip somewhere and I'm spending, you know, all the money I may have made off an advertisement, um, I, I I know that it it uh, contributes to the cycle of um, of uh, that next gig or the next thing. So. I never really feel bad about, um, you know, selling tutorials about photography or like, you know, doing this job or that, because first of all, I really enjoy it. Uh, but second of all, it's all part of the, the mechanism of what makes that other work possible. So it, it really is. It's a, um, I used to see it more as a, um, as a scale balancing each other out. Now I see it more as like a wheel that like just sort of feeds and and, uh, keeps itself spinning.
0: Keeps you going, yeah, that's great. Um, that's such an important mindset to have. A lot of a lot of photographers, a lot of creatives don't necessarily have that mindset. And people try to be the jack of all trades and, and do mm-hmm. everything just to try to get a job. But and in, in the end, it's kind of the opposite.
1: Yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize is that you know, to be a successful anything, Well, I, I can speak on ph- uh, photography, like to be a successful ph- freelance photographer, you actually don't have to have a million clients. Like you don't have to like shoot for this, 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 this. In my opinion, especially for people getting started, it's like you have to do one thing really well and then work for something that you're actually passionate about. So you can actually contribute to that project. It's like, no one wants to hire, no one wants to be beside anyone that doesn't like what they do. It's just bad energy. So I always just tell people, it's like, what are you interested in? Just shoot that because maybe one day if you're good enough, it it could turn into something. Right. And And I guess most people just don't know what they like.
0: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i guess that's the age-old question what do you want you know a lot of people don't know what they want
1: yeah i sometimes i uh you know i i look at the stuff that i used to like and think it's whack <laughs> and i try to like new things
0: <laughs> how did you discover what you liked
1: still working on it i just listen to the little voice inside of my head and um, i trust my gut feeling quite a bit and uh sometimes things don't work out and sometimes they do and it's just the, just the fact of like, uh, kind of aligning yourself and putting yourself out there to receive these things and, um, to be ready for when they come. That's it. Yeah.
0: Would you say a person that runs towards fear?
1: Am I a person that runs towards fear? Yeah, fear in the
0: sense of running—you like you kind of talked about a little bit earlier—going mm. towards things that kind of scare you a little bit, or push um, you out of your comfort zone, because that's when you're. Yeah, um, like
1: like, I'll, like I'm I'm really honest. I'll admit, uh, you, you know, before a, like a high responsibility job, I'll be nervous. I'll make I, you know, I'll I'll want to uh, make sure I please everyone and deliver what I was hired to do. Um, I don't really. You know, actively go after new projects just because they scare me. But I, I one thing that I do do is, is if I do have uh, a personal project, I will start with the most grandiose version of it, mm-hmm. meaning that what something I could do that's like a little bit crazier out of the box, or how can I push things like. A little bit too far <laughs> and then what that means is is that even if I screw up a little bit it'd still be a little pushed <laughs> right <laughs> so if, if, if I you know go into a project thinking like all right how can I make this insane and it only works out you know things go south and it works out only a little bit insane yeah. nobody knew what I was pushing for in the beginning yeah. i just sort of like I don't want to settle with anything less but it's sort of like you know sometimes uh, reality bites you in the ass, especially when working on a film project um yeah so like i'm I'm very fearful of things, but i do uh I do try to get over it sometimes and and push myself harder i just I just don't like being described as like I have no fear, <laughs> like yeah, I'm not afraid of anything because I'm fucking terrified of a lot of things,
0: yeah, well, I mean we all are i guess my you know is when you when you are scared of something and you push yourself towards that you know, whether it's like fear of being uncomfortable in a project like you're talking about, like if you're, you don't quite know how to tackle a project.
1: Yeah. Well, I I used to be very shy and, um, you, you know, one thing photography has done for me is it, is it really has helped me sort of engage with people and like, for example, yesterday, just going up to random people on the street and asking, can I you know, have 10 minutes of their time for my Halloween series? And, you know, sometimes they're not even speaking um, uh, English and there's like the language barrier to get over. That 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 really, um, I, I, I guess, helps you uh, build up a little bit of confidence. And I find actually that if I don't do stuff like that, it sort of erodes away and you got to kind of keep working on it. It's not something that once you have it, it like sticks. Yeah. So I love doing those kind of projects because it, it makes me a lot more conversational. makes me more comfortable, uh, in a public space or, um, in a social environment.
0: Yeah. I've, I've, I've been noticing that as well for myself. It's like that pushing yourself to go approach people on the street, especially in the city, yeah. in the, the, the U S mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. other countries, it's a lot easier. Well, it it's certain, it's it's
1: easier sense. in other countries because you're the odd one out, right? Yeah. It's easier when when you're the foreigner kind of, right? Because everyone wants to tell you things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here in uh New York it it's uh it's very difficult and um yeah, I mean, I get scared. And then um I'm not scared anymore because so, I did it yesterday, and then maybe in a couple of weeks, if I don't do anything, I'll start retreating back into my shell, right? <laughs> right? So yeah. it's just an ongoing process.
0: Yeah, being, being comfortable, being uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, exactly. High highs, low lows, pal.
0: Love it. So like, what would you say are like a couple of your top favorite accomplishments in your career? <laughs> of my
1: own accomplishments.
0: What would they be like a personal project and, you know, a commercial project that you really love? Like, what- Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm most proud of is, uh, is when I can get hired to do things that, that are from my personal work. Mm-hmm. And I love working under, uh, creative types, um, who, who can take sort of, uh, what I do by myself, apply it to their project, and even push me a little bit further. So I'll give you an example. Um, the ads that I've been doing recently for National Geographic Channel are that because they're they're lit the same or like uh, stylistically very similar to my projects abroad, but I am put in these sort of uh, situations where I can add production value or I can add you know really cool looking uh talent and subjects mm-hmm. and then there's people behind me that have been working in advertisement, advertising a lot longer than i have being like you know it's good but what would be good is if you pushed it a little this way and you know the artist in me is like no i know what i'm doing yeah and i'm like holy shit this guy's right so i and i'm not saying that's the case for all advertising but i, I love working with uh people that can help you grow a little bit and i love surrounding myself in a room uh with people who are better than i at anything. That's the best way to grow is to hang out with people that you admire.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I've been, you know, I've been lucky to be able to do that uh, because of the different projects that I'm working on, even if it's not related to photography, but hanging out with sort of maestros who are the, you know, the top of their game, they, they carry themselves a little differently. And um, even just watching their mannerisms and how they interact with the people they work with can be applied uh, to your own thing, your own sort of uh, realm.
0: Totally. What kind of people outside of the realm of photography have you enjoyed hanging out with the Um, maestros? The
1: maestros. Yeah, just like uh, a lot of people who who make great music, uh, a lot of great actors, um, a lot of uh, designers and, you know, people in like graphic design. Uh, a lot of people who, you know, just stuff that I had, I know nothing about. And like when we speak photography, uh, jargon, those people go, what the, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> and that's how I feel sometimes when I listen to these or like scientists, I love, <laughs> or like, uh, people who know a lot about politics. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to take what that guy said and then I'm going to start saying it to look smart now. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you, you know, people, I, 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 um uh one one can get bored doing just photography or just hang out with just photographers who talk about camera shit all day so i i really do like to surround myself with these sort of uh different worlds and and what you find is uh just as photography is sort of a one ecosystem there's an ecosystem for all these other little things that are very like clicky <laughs> very funny <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it really makes you think like wow uh the photo conventions are a giant mess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like you have these other countries that you, they all, they completely operate in a different language.
1: Yeah. yeah, And they're all, you know, there's the, the famous people within those worlds as, as well. And they're like, Ooh, so-and-so is in the room. I'm like, who's that? But it, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating how, how people by trait, are just so tribal and cliquish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I like that. I mean, I experienced that when I lived in Paris. Yeah. Talk about clicky up there.
1: In uh, Paris? In
0: Paris, yeah.
1: Well, the funny thing is uh, Paris has a reputation that everyone's an asshole, but they're not just assholes to foreigners. They're assholes to everybody, <laughs> so it's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> it's I fair. Guess,
0: I guess it all works out. Yeah, then.
1: that's what I, a French guy told me That, by the way because I felt bad because the waiter was mean to, to me he's like don't worry they are they are as host to me too <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that um, so I mean the funny thing is is, is a, as a creative entrepreneur like our vision is our product our craft is our product short it's, sure. it's part of who we are yeah and it's and it's a very emotional thing you know we go through all these different Journeys of highs and lows, like mm-hmm. as you're talking mm-hmm. about, and that has an impact on our, ourselves emotionally. It's like, how mm-hmm. have you pushed through that? I mean, because really, you know, as you have to push through all that stuff to get to a level of success.
1: Well, the reason why creative people are so emotional is because there's so much of themselves in what they do. Yeah. So when someone critiques something, they're really critique, or the artist feels that they're critiquing they're they're being critiqued right because they've maybe poured their heart and soul and blood sweat and tears into a project that nobody likes right so uh creative types i you know in in our society there's not really a good infrastructure to support this kind of thinking you can at least i can say uh in my own little anecdote me going to school You you know, it's very backward uh, when I was in high school of like supporting the arts or supporting kids that maybe are a little different or they express themselves differently. Um, So I think uh, creative types, they always have to struggle with that, that like no matter what they do, um, it could be rejected. And um, that's why I think a lot of uh, a lot of creatives go nuts or they have addictions or they're just crazy. And uh, if you don't stay grounded, and if you don't uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself, you're going to be in a (laughs) lot of trouble, right?
0: Yeah. So, like, what would you say for yourself has kept you grounded through the process?
1: I'm a family man. I call my parents. I come from very humble beginnings in Ontario, Canada, rural Ontario, Canada. Uh, Stay in touch with my uh, brothers and foster sisters um i am very um and it's not to say that i don't struggle sometimes or sometimes i don't wake up and think everything i've ever done is a piece of shit because that happens all the time yeah. but it's sort of like um i i realize that um above all things i'm i'm human and the things that i do may define me but they're not all that i'll ever make and that and that thought is a is a very positive thought it's not a negative thought to me
0: yeah yeah so take that into business and like art versus commerce again, like how have you created a business around this? Like ups and lows and like mm. dealing with all of that. What's, uh, you got
1: to be good at saving money really because um, ups and lows as, as you say, uh, I could be swamped with projects one month and uh, very quiet the next month. That's, that's how things go for freelancers. So um, if you do want to take this on, um, you know, and get serious ab- ab- about it, you do have to be business minded. And that's something uh, that I've learned a lot about. Um, and that I'm lucky to have started so early before I could learn any bad habits is uh, just, you know, keeping your expenses in check, living within your means, um, yeah. kind of planning the future of, uh, of how can I grow after this, this was a um, this was a great project for me. Uh, you know, it puts a roof over my head. It keeps me fed. How can I repeat this? And how can we go up from here? Those, those thoughts are always in my head with any project that I do. Mm -hmm. It's sort of, um, it's like survival tactics, right? Instead of, uh, Being a hunter-gatherer and, uh, you know, going into the forest and plucking whatever you need from the trees, you have to think, okay, how can I keep those trees fed for later, right? Yeah. How can I not hunt the caribou into extinction, (laughs) right? (laughs) Totally. Yeah, so all all, all that's kind of going on in my mind. I, I make mistakes like anybody else, but... Um, one thing that, that I will say the way that I was raised is my, my parents taught me to be very cautious with money and, um, how to save it properly, what it's okay to spend on like these personal trips or personal projects and what it's not. Okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta think about things, man. <laughs> totally.
0: Think. But you, I mean, I've always in my, your business sense, I mean, you've built a great business across a few different platforms. Like what, yeah. how would you say you've built your business?
1: My businesses, all of them, are very honest. They're very um, sort of, this is what you'll get if you buy this, or this is what you'll get if you work with me. Um, It's very personal. Uh, It goes back to, I guess, where I am in a small hometown, where you know the guy who owns the store, right? And there may be another store like it, but you're more friends with that guy, so you'll go buy something from his shop. And actually, that's how photography is too. Um, All the clients that are more repeat- people that I work with are people that just like hanging out with me because who do you want to okay if you have this really stressful project and your job is on the line who do you want to hire to make sure you pull it off and also who do you want to spend maybe 12 hours in a stressful set with it's not it's not it's someone you want to like right so I I guess all my businesses are uh, are based around that kind of a small town mentality even the uh, tutorial store that I'm working on right now I want it to be it's not um it's not branded as sort of uh, a huge company name. It's called Learn from Joey. Hi, I'm Joey. I'm gonna be teaching you. It's it's personal. It's yeah. not like um Photography tutorial central. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and I think uh because you can be discovered so easily, especially with the internet, that attracting a large niche audience uh can um um, what I'm trying to say is using the internet, you can attract all those niche people that you would never find, right? They would finally have eyes on, on you. Whereas before the internet, you kind of had to cable to the masses. So what I mean is, is like, take uh, for example, uh, television networks, right? There was only a few of them in the past, right? Like way back when. Yeah. Okay. And kind of everyone had to watch the same channels mm-hmm. and they had to cater to the masses because they had to make sure that kind of everyone likes it. But now there's so much more creativity because channels can cater to these niche people that only like that kind of programming because all these people can find it, right? So that's kind of how I think about my work or even like my tutorial store. It's like, who wants to learn this? I don't know. Is there that many people that really care about this? Yeah, yeah. there's a few and they're all going to find it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've had so you've had quite a bit of um, tutorial type of stuff. Where did where did that come from? I mean, I know you've done it for quite a while. So where where's the source of that? What like what what drove you to do that?
1: Uh, I just I love to share behind the scenes. I love to write how crazy things were. I love people to see things, and also it helps me to put things online to grow beyond them. So people always ask me like oh, aren't you afraid like making tutorials, people are gonna like rip you off and just like try to be you. And like it happens all the time. Like there was a guy um, who went on a trip and found the same guy I did and put him in a boat and photographed him with a light (laughs) the same way I did. But the thing is, is once it's on the Internet, I always say, okay, it's it's fair game. I'm done with this and I'm moving on to the next thing. And um, so I'm never afraid to share in that way, because I do like to give the projects that I have put out integrity. I like to show uh, the hard work that went on behind the scenes. Um, I like to show people every step that went into it. And in that sense, it kind of uh, paints more of a picture uh behind the photograph itself and if i can sell tutorials while doing that then it does another thing for me because i can afford to go on these personal trips disappear for months at a time and still make income while selling tutorials right i'm i'm not afraid to admit that tutorials are uh, a large part of my business they're not the largest they're not half or anything like that but it does give me comfort when i travel and i'm like all right i'm still doing fine right i'm still making money and i can live a little bit less stressed when i am gone for months at a time
0: that's awesome
1: so it's enlightening really yeah mhm
0: so many aspects to creating a business that that you can live off of and create your own art
1: yeah it's it's tough man but um you know i'm i'm a huge believer of the power of the internet and the power of just getting eyes on your shit and it works it's it's the most amazing thing to me ever is like if someone hires me for a photo shoot i I always think like man what led you to doing this it's so (laughs) incredible right yeah and sometimes the stories of how people discovered you is like so crazy like um yeah it's 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 nutty how the world works (laughs)
0: <laughs> it is i do are you feeling like instagram has helped you at all or
1: um not, not really no uh social media. social media has absolutely the reason why I don't say instagram is just because I just recently started not too long ago, I guess, and I'm not really not really huge on Instagram in the sense that, like, I don't give it too much attention, but I I really believe in uh, Twitter, Vimeo, and Facebook have all helped uh, what I do tremendously. I have gotten, I mean, even um, Historia, National Geographic Channels, um, there's a production company that I often collaborate with in New York called Variable, and they were just doing personal projects and putting them on Vimeo with a phantom camera. It was the first time, I think, that uh, my friend John took a Phantom camera, which is a super uh, slow motion camera yeah. that's really expensive. He took it out of the studio and was riding a skateboard with it. He made this personal thing. He, he had a company doing com- commission work, but this was his own project. He put it on Vimeo, and what do you know? The art directors at National Geographic Channels always look at Vimeo because it's fresh content. So they find that video, and now um, National Geographic Channels is a is a very common client for them. Wow. And yes, they had the company to support it after the fact. They weren't just some, you know, ragtag group making cool <laughs> yeah. videos. They had a production company. Um, but that's, that's kind of how people are being discovered these days. And if you kind of, uh, look at social media, it's just people sharing and talking more, right? That's what's going on when you remove, yeah. when you remove all these, uh, if you remove the framework of Facebook and Twitter and all these things and look at what's happening, it's just people are sharing things differently and they're talking more. Yeah. So I like to um, list my work and put it up on every website imaginable. I have, there's this whole kind of stink in the fine art community about like sharing things online and putting your photos up and whatever. But anyone who says that clearly does not get where things are
0: going. Yeah. The digital world is changing the game. Yeah, they're like
1: oh you want to put your photos up on Flickr? like won't that devalue them i'm like what are you talking about like more more eyes see it and this devalues the photo maybe to maybe to some hoity toity fine art community that i don't speak to anyway <laughs> but it's certainly not the things uh, which keep me fed at night so yeah i understand my audience and i understand the people who follow my stuff and i think that helps Contribute to it working because I understand the kind of people who consume what I do.
0: Yeah So what's been your favorite photo or project to date?
1: to date is tricky uh, Recently there I did um, a thing for National Geographic channels called Killing Kennedy it's a like kind of like a TV movie and I did the ads for it and um, I thought it came out really good. It was like Rob Lowe as JFK Jennifer Goodwin is uh, Jackie Kennedy and um a guy called Will Roth, Lee Harvey Oswald. And it was kind of a commissioned project, but I could take a personal spin to it. And uh, the photos are going to come out, I think, in a week or two. And um, I was really happy with, I felt really, um, after that shoot, I couldn't sleep. So it went went well, yeah. That's great. Such a good
0: feeling, creative resonance.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, what are the projects you got going on right now?
1: Um, I have this, this is a thing with Screen Actors Guild where, uh, I shoot a lot of the, um, a lot of the people that support their organization. So, uh, next week I have a few things that I can't mention what I'm doing that are, uh, like kind of like more celebrity portraits. Uh, just finished that film in Ethiopia so that, um, I've been making selects with the editor, going through the footage, cutting away the Chuck steak, getting to the flame and yawn, um, nice. of each clip and sort of, uh. Putting together the edit, slowly, slowly making it come to life. So even if um, even when I'm not shooting, I was I, I've never felt bored for years. I've never felt the feeling of being bored unless I'm on an airplane. <laughs>
0: I know that feeling. Yeah. So when is the movie here? The film drop?
1: Uh, who knows? <laughs> there's, no, uh, there's no there's no there's uh, no deadline or there's no cl- well there's deadlines that I set myself, but there's no official release date. It's sort of. Um, it's such a, it's such a personal project to me that I'd rather do it right than just sort of rush to get it out by a certain time. But, uh, I am very, um, I am very like date oriented and I set things for myself to get things done, but yeah. I honestly can't see, I can't see it being done for another year.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So are you going to go back to yeah, film more? Definitely. Because we got
1: everything that I wrote on the first trip. But then I'm starting to realize the potential of the project and how we could do more. So I could release what I shot and, you know, I'd be like, here's the project that I did. But now I'm kind of like, hmm, there's a lot of potential here to take this one step further. Um, So I'm going to my whole goal is to edit what we have, kind of review it very critically and see where it can go from here.
0: Yeah. So it seems like a lot of your fine art projects do that where you keep pushing it and you keep pushing it.
1: Yeah. Well, there's no deadline on them. So as long as you don't get lazy and let it sit on a hard drive and you are actively working on it and seeing where it can go, then it can only get better.
0: Yeah. So where do you, you know, if you're working on a project, whether it's film or stills or whatever, where do you decide that you need to keep pushing it?
1: If I'm not satisfied, (laughs) (laughs) if like, if I'm satisfied enough that yes, I accomplished what I went out for. Hmm. That's one thing. But if, if it's something where I'm like, man, the people in this film can really act and they're really incredible and this is looking good and I come up with more ideas. It will forever haunt me that I didn't do those ideas and I just kind of settled for what I had shot originally. So to not be haunted, <laughs> I will have to uh, push things a little further.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So I, I'm going forward, like what's, what's your vision? Where are you headed?
1: Um, I'm headed toward, Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. good question I guess I'm the the path that I'm on is uh, sort of um, still developing my personal vision in the sense that doing projects that interest me and as that happens I do more things that I am uh, can provide a better product with things that I'm personally happy with myself and I weed out the kind of things that I've worked on that are okay you know what I mean so I guess the goal has always been fulfillment, right? So to make others happy with what I provide, the services that I provide, and also to make myself happy uh, knowing that what I did had a lot of integrity.
0: Yeah, so do you have a, uh, a dream project that you would ever, that you, you wanna do? Oh yeah, I have many. I have
1: a whole <laughs> book full of them. And wow. the problem is, is if I if I leapt to the next one, I wouldn't finish the dream project that I'm currently working on. Yeah. So I I don't believe in multitasking. Actually, <laughs> um, I I you know it may seem like I do a lot of different businesses and stuff, but uh, I'm not a multitasker. I, yeah. I think it's overrated. So I I really do like to de- dedicate myself fully to something and not be distracted. And then when it's ready, it's ready.
0: Yeah. So you so you really are living the dream.
1: Yes. I, I would say that uh, I felt uh, very happy with what I've been doing recently, uh, very fulfilled. Not, not in a cheesy sort of way where it's like, yeah, everything's great, because it's not. But what I mean is uh, in a sense that uh, I feel like I'm, I'm getting toward a goal um, which makes me feel uh, appreciative of the chances that I've had and the things that I've worked on.
0: That's awesome. So one last question. Uh, What does it mean to you to live inspiration? To live
1: inspiration? (laughs) Okay. All right, Mr. Poetry Man. Well, I guess um, just putting yourself in the... I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a nice, silky, smooth answer for you. Other than just like, um, if something tickles your interest and if you're inspired by something, think about it and think about what you could do to make that come to life. But I don't have any velvety, glossy answer for you. The world is a chaotic place.
0: (laughs) Doesn't have to be glossy. Yeah.
1: And then sometimes, you know, sometimes inspiration will come in the shower. Sometimes inspiration will come walking down the street. Sometimes it'll come while you're sleeping. Sometimes it'll come at the worst time when you're too busy for it. The trick is, is just to write it down and do it. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. Well, uh, so where can people find you online? You can find my website at
1: www.joeyl.com. Twitter, J-O-E-Y-L-D-O-T-C-O-M. Same on Instagram, joeyl.com spelled out. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash Joey
0: L photographer. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. You've inspired me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of shop talk radio and joining me as we dive underneath the hood of the creative lifestyle. Again, I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and if you enjoyed today's episode, then go over to iTunes and leave us a good review so that we can spread the word and inspire even more people in the world to live inspiration and share their inner creativity. Also, we'd love to see where you're listening to the podcast, so snap a photo on Instagram, hashtag live Inspiration or tag me at Nick Onkin so that you can inspire other people to listen wherever they are at. But beyond this, check out nickonkinshoptalk.com to read articles on creating the creative lifestyle anywhere from emotional intelligence to any other aspect of creative entrepreneurship. I'll be also posting up editorial content in the form of visual essays that I get to create with my photographic eye and my craft and my career. Uh, but most of all, get to join the underground creative community that we're creating. So thanks again for joining us. Now go share your creativity with the world.